What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Free Flow Friday, a time-efficient episode where we discuss current events, popular topics, and the latest and greatest within health, fitness, and mindset. Today, I welcome a close personal friend. He's the co-director of Invictus Athlete Development and the founder of our Invictus Strength Program, Hunter Britt. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, Bryce. I'm glad to be on. We've been chatting some time now, and I'm really excited to have you on, man. Like, what's going on? What have you kind of been up to lately? You know, lately it's just been a lot of training. Um, most of my, a lot of my time is spent with the team that's training for the games right now. And then Jen Ryan, one of our masters, it's in-house. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing the programming side, whether it's for uh, remote clients or, you know, our in-house people. But lately as games pick up, there's a lot more time in the gym you know, watching and yelling at them as they, you know, hold pair for a good turnout. For sure, man. And you're working alongside Holden Rethwell and you guys have put together a really seamless program this year. It's very cool to see how you guys synergize and work hand in hand with one another. And for a very long time, this program was kind of uh, led by Tino Marini and CJ Martin and now it's kind of gently transitioned and you guys are doing such a great job. What does it mean to you to, you know, be able to t- kind of take this over from those guys, but then simultaneously being able to work alongside Holden? It's been neat. Um, you know, so I started, you know, on this side of the, of Invictus, uh, once I finally got to the gym, kind of working under Tino and CJ and Nicole um, at the time and slowly took more and more of a role within that. Um, but to now be kind of leading what we're doing there and coming from the side of seeing how they used to run it and then the things that I experienced as an athlete for Invictus and getting to mix those two together. And then on top of that, Holden now also hopping in this past year on the online side, now us working together. Um, you know, we all used to train together. Holden's a close friend. So it's neat to get to mix those things. And for a little while, I was like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to have some differences of opinions sometimes, even though we are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would, it could have gone either way. You know, it could have been, okay, we're tight, we're close friends. So is it going to be hard to have, you know, disagreements or easy? And overall it's, it's pretty smooth. We trust each other. Um, you know, on, if someone has a strong opinion, like they've thought through it, we know that like, okay, they have a good intention. Maybe I don't, see it yet or he doesn't see what i'm saying yet but so far it's always worked out we're you know we're happy to like submit to the other like hey you feel really strong about this let's try it um and it's it's a pretty smooth process it makes programming and coaching uh planning all of it fairly smooth for sure man and being an outsider kind of observing as you guys practice the art of coaching it's really cool to see you know, I think you you described it very well there how, you know, you got to observe how the program was previously run, but then you also both got to bring in this, this practical flavor because you experienced it firsthand. And so now it's like, okay, here were places that I felt like were really good. We're going to implement X, Y, and Z. And then you're like, actually, there were a couple holes that I sort of felt as an athlete. So maybe we're going to upgrade and kind of play with this a little bit. And I think it's so cool have you, how you guys have been able to roll that out firsthand. And 
The other thing, Hunter, that I want people to be able to like take away from this conversation is you have such a unique skill of listening and you don't allow your ego to get in the way and you listen to the feedback from all the different athletes that you work with. And then you find a way to sneak in into the program design and into your coaching, the feedback that they're providing. Will you touch on that a little bit? Because you and I both know there's coaches out there that are like, no, 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 my way or the highway. And that never really works when you're the athlete, you know, and it's cool when you have this seamless coach athlete relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, how I, how I view this is obviously this is a professionalized sport. People are committing their lives to it. Um, but this isn't a position where it's, you know, it's not like the MLB where it's like, Hey, you know, you do what I say, or, you know, we don't need you on this team. There's people to replace you. And I'm, I'm more taking as these people are committed to it. They've chosen us as their coaches just as much as, you know, we've chosen them to, you know, spend our time on and coach them. So when they have an opinion and they have a goal they're working towards, they've clearly thought through that as well. So if they feel strongly that either they're missing something, whether I agree with it or not, um, it's important for their confidence and mindset to get some more attention there. Mm -hmm. Um, because more than whatever the program says on it, the athlete's mindset's what's going to make them most successful. And that's whether it's an, I would say a competitive athlete or someone who just has fitness goals and wants to feel confident, like they're not suggesting things to make just their life or their workouts way easier. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I take my ego out of it thinking, no, like I wrote this front squat progression, we got to stick to it. But if they're feeling like garbage on their cleans and they want more back squats because that's what they feel confident squatting then all right let's switch it up let's make you feel good going into it it may not actually physically make a huge difference but it might because mentally you're feeling more confident going into totally it. you you articulated that very very well you know the the confidence factor is something is something that's typically overlooked a little bit sometimes coaches are looking at the science of energy systems and you know, the specificity within program design, but you got to read, read the room. You got to visualize your athlete, you gotta read their body language and see kind of what's working, what's not working. And you, you and Holden are honestly doing a really, really cool job of that. I want to pivot our conversation a little bit to give our listeners a little bit of context, you know, prior to you completely diving into the coaching arena, you were an incredible athlete, man. You, you had some really top performances at the CrossFit games on the team side of things. Will you touch on your competitive CrossFit career a little bit? As far as like what I did? Yeah, totally. Because I know early on you had some immediate success on, on that conjugate team. Yeah. So I was, um, I guess, working backwards forwards. This to bring my you know self into my coaching role now is I started CrossFit uh, 2011, end of it, 2011, um, you know, did it immediately jumped in. Like I wanted to be competitive, thought that I was going to go to the games like that year and just, you know, be awesome. It, it didn't what, what happen. What you were. <laughs> I, I progressed well, but it was, you know, a lot of people think, okay, immediately I'm going to, you know, win. Um, but you know, a couple years later, I moved to another gym. Uh, I was in Ohio and I was at a gym called CrossFit Conjugate for anyone who's around eight years ago. We had a good season at games. Um, one of them people being Sam Dancer, who's still with us and his wife. Uh, so we went there. We did games. 
uh, we ended up getting second, which was pretty exciting. You know, we go there thinking, okay, we're going to do great, but you don't really know. You haven't mm-hmm. been there on a team before. And, uh, you know, CrossFit was even newer. So workouts more random. You don't know what, like what you're going to come up against, who's going to be there anyway. So we did well. And I met Invictus, uh, well, I met CJ that year, just other competitions. And, uh, what actually got me to Invictus is so I met him and I viewed myself as, you know, I was, I had no name or anything like that in CrossFit. I was just the guy on Sam Dancer's team. Uh, he got super popular that year. So um, when I met CJ, you know, he was super nice. Everything was great. Saw him again at a different competition. Maybe it was like, I don't know, Granite Games or something. And he remembered my name and he was talking to me and I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. Not just because I needed my name to be remembered, but like it kind of showed Invictus, you know, CJ's the head of it. And he's he's paying attention to people. He's not just looking for like the famous people or anything. So got me out to Invictus and I was I was all in. I moved out here to compete. Um, you know, luckily I was able to get a job coaching and you know, learning from Tino and CJ and everyone, uh, how Invictus works and how they program. But uh I was here to compete. I was able to be on the team in 2016 with you and 2017 with some other athletes before trying individual uh, in 2018. And, uh, you know, each year was different. We had some good finishes. We had some not great finishes, um, but getting to change the teams actually changed every single year for the most part of who was on it back then. And uh, it made it, it made it cool. It was a lot more learning of how to work with people and what people are, you know, their different schedules and everything. So I think being on the team also set me up well to understand how a team can work in the future and what the coach can expect and what they need to kind of adapt to. For sure, man. There's so many transferable skills to the workplace and to life when, when you're operating on a team and managing so many different personalities. And I believe it was in 2017 you experienced a little bit of adversity right before regionals where you had a little bit of a stomach bug. And I mean, it it was a big deal at the time. I mean, you were having a hard time. Will you share with people kind of how you overcame that experience and then just had a stellar performance out there in 2017? Oh man, that was was difficult because we were so confident going into the competition, regionals 2017. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we checked in on Thursday. And then I started feeling a little weird, like, like, okay, maybe like, I'm just like, I don't know, tired or hungry or something at check-in. We drive mm-hmm. back to the gym just to kind of talk about the workouts and strategy. I start throwing up in the bathroom. Then we're driving home, which is like a 45 minute drive, uh, that night, uh, pulled over on the highway three times with Gage oh. who used to work here, throwing up hands and knees on the side of the highway, a couple of them. And then like every 30 minutes for the next few hours, just throwing up. And uh, I was like, I'm done. Like, I can't compete. I'm just, I can't stop throwing up. This is terrible. Uh, It turns out in the end, I had the flu. I thought it was food poisoning. It was the flu. But Mm -hmm. anyways, get to the competition. And I think I had given, like I had said, no, pull me, put, put, um, put someone else in. And like, I didn't get pulled. So we actually do the event. They give me, no, I kept my normal reps on the first workout and we won it. And uh, luckily it was a really good event for me to like, it was handstand push-ups, and I was a skinnier guy at the time. So 
Uh, it worked out well. We won it. We did the interview. I didn't say a word. And then <laughs> we finish, and I just like speed walk slash I probably ran outside. This was in, uh, you know, an outdoor type event. And I just start throwing up in the bushes again. Well, luckily, it was the last time I threw up. But with that, that was where being on a team was so helpful because it was an individual. Like I said, I already, I was already out. Like I was like, I'm done. I'm not competing. But when I showed up, when I woke up and I wasn't replaced on the team yet, it was like, oh, well, I can't just not try. There's five other people. This was when teams of six were the team. There's five other people that have trained for this. And like, you know, am I going to give up the rest of the year for them because I hurt? Um, now, luckily, strategy, we did change a lot of workouts. that got less reps with maybe they gave me the lightest girl bag on the worm, which was fortunate. But I was... I was smoked. I don't think I ate for the first two days, really. Maybe a couple mm-hmm. hundred calories. It's mostly just those goops and stuff. But yeah, that's kind of where I – looking back, I realized, wow, I loved team. I wanted mm-hmm. to try individual in the future, but team, I mean, there's someone to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, having a group of people, whether that's on an actual team or you just have a training group that you call your team, mm-hmm. I think having that accountability is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, your training partners or your coaches or other guys in the gym that just, you know, expect to see you there that day. Mm-hmm. You know, having those people will help you kind of push through those those low times. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you were able to share that story because, you know, overcoming adversity is a huge part of this podcast. And, you know, I also think in that moment, it taught you how to, as we touched on before, gently push your ego aside and be able to ask for help be able to move back to the the women's bag and not be like, no, 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 I can handle it because you knew that the the team was stronger than the individual, especially in that particular instance. And so I, I thought it was really cool. As a spectator, I was just like jaw dropped. It was so inspiring to watch you get after it, even though cognitively you were a little bit miserable at the time. I think it's a cool, cool story to tell in retrospect. So it was a good thing there was no heavy lifts that week because I probably couldn't have picked anything up. I don't know, man. For, for those of you listening, Hunter's completely submerged himself into coaching, but then occasionally sneaks out his uh, competitive juices and throws 265 over his head. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but I do want to touch on briefly, man, like you, prior to CrossFit, you were very competitive in baseball. And you were a catcher, which is part of the reason why your ankle mobility is absolutely incredible, which I love to touch on every time I see you. What was your what was your competitive baseball career like? You know, it it ended up cutting short. You know, I believe I could have done well in baseball. Um, you know, a lot of people will say that, oh man, back in high school if I just mm-hmm. uh, but baseball was great. I have a lot of, you know, I have some teammates that have gone on and, you know, done great in their career. I Basically lived for baseball in high school. I loved it. Um, you know, whether it was, if it was in season, of course, it was games like every day. But even out of season, I loved going to the cages, just hitting off a tee, just bucket after bucket. Um, and then, you know, if it, that was more of, you know, when it was my time, but when it was nighttime or anything, dad came home. It didn't matter what he had going on or how his day was. He would go out there and just throw me basically as many buckets of balls as I wanted. That's cool. Um, oh, yeah, he he did so much for me. So it was hard to actually quit baseball. Um, but I got a little burnt out. Um, and, you know, being younger, you're not as 
for at least for me, you don't really push through burnout sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. probably if I could have just sucked it up, but it was, it was perfectly timed in the area that I saw CrossFit. It was one night my mom was watching ESPN or was on TV and she yelled up to me like, Hunter, come check this out. And yeah. I saw it. it was right when I was like, man, I am so like bored of my knees aching. And I was a high schooler. Uh, and like, I don't know if I want to do baseball anymore. And, you know, I'm just kind of tired of looking for colleges, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was perfectly timed and quitting went to CrossFit. I don't regret it. I miss baseball, especially now. My wife, Anna, loves watching it. Mm-hmm. And she was a fantastic softball player. So I would love to be able to like trade, you know, like stories if I ever was able to go further in baseball. Yeah, for um, sure. But I don't regret it. Where, where this has led me to being, you know, at Invictus, getting to compete at the games, coaching the team now, um, coaching my other athletes that don't compete at the games, but just getting to be a part of their progress has been awesome. That's very cool, man. Um, I want to pull it real quickly. One of your goals as a coach is to influence and empower people to change their lives in a positive way and to truly help people reach their potential while simultaneously encouraging them to go further. I loved that when I read that on your coach's bio and I wanted to share that with our listeners because that's exactly what you're doing. I'm observing you as you're coaching Masters Athlete Jen Ryan. I'm also observing you coach our, our CrossFit Invictus team right now. You know, what, what are your expectations? You guys are in the midst of some games training right now. You're getting some extra strongman work in. There's a lot more outside work than earlier in the season. What are your thoughts on, you know, your goal as a coach and how you're able to implement that kind of on the biggest stage now? I mean, obviously my goal is, you know, we're competitive. We want to win. Um, and if we don't win, you want to do as good as you can. But mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. side, you know, it changes because in the past, if I was an athlete, I would have said, win. Like, I'm, I'm there just to win. Um, and know that I did everything I could, that whatever my result was, is the work I put in. Um, you know, because you can't just hope for results. You got to work for them. But totally. with, I love that one message. You can't expect the results from the work that you didn't do. Yeah, that's yeah. But that's that's dead on. Um, sure. So when it comes to the coaching side now, you know, and I, I realize this more at semifinals this year is it's not, you know, it's not me putting in the physical work. So it's up to the athlete to figure out, did I put in all of the effort I could have? But when it comes to the workout, did, did, did I, did me and Holden write the workouts the best that we thought we could to prepare for whatever was coming up? But also did we prepare them with the strategies and then how to react to adversity so that, you know, if they get a bad judge and they get no reps, did they go to a plan B or to a plan C? Um, you know, did they transition the way that we discussed they should have? And if they didn't, did we at least tell them to? <laughs> You know, I can't expect them to, you know, execute perfectly on everything. Um, but if I can share and try to prepare them the most I can, then, and knowing that we actually did that, and if they execute, that's perfect. That's the goal, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully leads to a win. But it, it's it's changed knowing like, hey, you know, if this went wrong and they did okay, reacting to it, perfect. That was my goal, you know, for preparing them. Totally, man. I think you guys do a great job implementing what I would describe as audibles, which is, all right, this isn't going exactly according to plan, but now the athletes have plan B, plan C. They have 
options and they've practiced those options because there's been times in training where it didn't go according to plan. And I, I, I think there's a lot of power in that. I also think you guys do a great job with your post event reactions where it's very easily easy to be disappointed. Like, Oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. But I think my, one of my favorite phrases right now is seek to understand. You, do, you guys do a great job of asking questions. Hey, what happened on that particular experience? Why did you react that way? And you're like, oh, okay, I could potentially see that. In the future, what do you think about you know, X, Y, and Z? And it's the, the suggestive approach. And the way I observe you know, the buy-in from the athletes and how they really feel prepared and like you guys have their back, like that's one of the best things you can do as a coach is truly believe in your athletes. And I think they feel that. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I think they feel it and I think it makes them, you know, they realize things they didn't realize about themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so like yesterday, um, a couple people like, well, Jen and Brittany, they were doing some bike intervals mm -hmm. and it replies the same way to these bike intervals as it would to a workout on the games floor is they're just killing themselves. They're dead after everyone and they're putting in great effort, but their pace starts here it dips down and then they always finish with a good like kick at the end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have the conversation and this is a, you know, a compliment to their ego of me saying, Hey, you guys did great. You know, there's your compliment. Like this is not me dogging you, but why did you always save it to the end every single time? Mm -hmm. Like you had more in you. Why didn't you just go a little bit harder through the whole thing possibly finish faster at the end without just trying to time out your perfect kick. Mm -hmm. And to the teammates we have on this team and individuals, you know, they're, they're receptive to that. They're like, you're right. Like I could have gone faster. There's no reason that I had to wait it, where you could get an athletes that, you know, they know their own thing. Like they don't want to listen to that because it would have hurt more. Or they like their kick at the end, but everyone's, everyone's listening so well and everyone's there to actually, you know, learn whatever they can or discuss whatever they can to, to get to their goals. Mm -hmm. So again, to be a part of that, hopefully, you know, add to their confidence and open up, make them realize what they're capable of. That's, it's pretty fun conversations to have. That's so, so special, man. It's always that 15 set on Fran that gets most people to give a little bit of an analogy. It's the middle spot where it's not, it's not just physically Yeah, It hurts a little bit, but it's also, the cognitive focus. Can you focus right here to try to sustain and squeeze out every little bit of potential? And as you know, that's how you end up on the podium at the CrossFit Games. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time and your energy today. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, so I run our eight-week strength program. So if you're looking to get strong, uh, you know, go to our website, sign up, or email me. Uh, hunter at invictusathlete.com happy to answer any questions on the strength program as well as our invictus athlete competition program that me and holden run together you can email me there um as well as holden at crossinvictus.com since he's uh coaches that and uh i'm happy to answer any questions about any of that um hopefully get you guys on board so we can uh, make some progress absolutely man well, thank you so much once again. It was such a pleasure connecting with you and kind of revisiting a little bit of memory lane. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed my conversation with Hunter today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And as always, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Take care, guys.